Hello, and thanks for joining us for episode six of Married Well, the podcast. Welcome to Married Well, the podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Creed. As a practicing therapist and marriage counselor, I help modern couples rebalance their relationship. In this show, we explore the real issues faced by couples today and share the best strategies for making marriage work. Are you frustrated with your marriage, disappointed with the reality of your relationship, or are you just struggling to make it all work? You're not alone and you're in the right place. This is your source for real advice for real couples who want to stay married well. Are you and your spouse lovers or roommates? If your answer is roommates, you're not alone. Between the chores, the kids, and your career, it's easy to lose track of your friendship. But the good news is that you and your partner can reconnect. On today's episode, we're going to talk about friendship. We're going to explore why friendship is the real key to building a lasting marriage, what you should do if you've lost track of your friendship, and how you can build a better relationship even if you don't have time for date night. So I'm recording this podcast the day after Mother's Day. Happy belated Mother's Day to all of you moms and mom figures out there. This podcast is going to come out in about a week. So again, happy belated Mother's Day. But I wanted to talk about Mother's Day today because to me, what I saw on Mother's Day, what I heard from my friends, what I talked about with my couples as I sat on my therapy couch today, What I heard about Mother's Day, I think really encapsulates some of the issues with friendship in marriage. And Mother's Day is a wonderful illustration of how friendship can either thrive or fail in a relationship. So I want to take some time to explore that. But first, let me tell you about my Mother's Day. I actually had a wonderful Mother's Day this year. My husband knew exactly what I wanted and exactly what I needed. This hasn't always been true. This year, he really hit the mark. He got up early with the kids. He took them out to pick up breakfast. He brought home coffee and donuts. And I got a chance to sleep in, relax. There were no dishes to do. I didn't have to plan anything. We just spent the day hanging out at home and spending time together. It was, it was really great. But while my mother's day was great, I know for a lot of you wives and moms out there this year, mother's day wasn't that good. And I know this because I've talked to my friends, I've, you know, peeked around on social media, and I even had some conversations today with couples in my therapy office about what happened this weekend. And on the one hand, mother's day shouldn't be that big of a deal, but on the other hand, it really is. And I heard this story from a lot of wives and moms about how disappointed they were in their partners, in their spouses. A lot of moms mentioned that they just felt really unappreciated, unseen, unheard, almost like they didn't really matter. And this kind of ran the gamut. And I was talking to one couple who had gone all out for Mother's Day flowers, presents, brunch, the works, mom still felt unseen and unheard because that's not what she wanted. She wanted a day of rest. And I've also talked to other couples and other friends who 
wanted their partners to go all out, who wanted this day to be a day of celebration. And they were quite disappointed to have just a day hanging out at home. So it didn't really matter what happened on Mother's Day, right? It it could have been that they had a low-key day and they wanted a huge celebration or they wanted presents and all they got was breakfast in bed. It didn't really matter kind of what happened. What mattered to these moms, to these wives, is that at the end of the day, they did not feel seen, heard, or appreciated. They did not feel that their spouse knew what they wanted. And that is to me a crystal clear illustration of a friendship that's grown distant. So I was really disappointed with these moms for them because I could tell that all they really wanted was to be understood by their partners, to be close to their partners. And whether they got flowers or breakfast in bed, they didn't feel understood and they didn't feel heard. And this happens to so many couples as their friendship kind of slowly creeps further and further apart. And the flip side of this that I've noticed is that husbands and dads feel really upset about Mother's Day too, because a lot of the dads that I've talked to felt like they were unappreciated. Some of them felt like, okay, I did this wonderful thing for my wife. I bought her these beautiful flowers. I got her this jewelry and I can't do anything right. She's still unhappy. So The dads on the flip side, the husbands feel really unappreciated, you know, misunderstood, unheard too. And there's this huge disconnect. And I notice this a lot around Mother's Day because Mother's Day is one of those events where we have expectations. We expect our partners to come through for us. And on the flip side, if we're doing something special, we expect our partners to appreciate it. And again, Mother's Day in the grand scheme of things, is not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal if it's a sign that you and your partner have grown apart. Because here's the problem. Over time, if you do not invest in your friendship, if you do not make time to know your partner, to get to know them as they grow and evolve, to understand their wants and their needs, you're going to lose track of your friendship. And as you lose track of your friendship, you grow apart. And I work with a ton of couples who this is their core problem. Like this is the challenge in their marriage is that sure their marriage is fine, but they've lost track of their friendship. They've lost track of their friendship. And even if they don't fight, they're living like roommates. And these couples are incredibly unhappy and unsatisfied. I mean, at the end of the day, they're lonely and they're not having any fun in their relationship even if they're doing a great job of raising their kids and living as roommates, they still don't feel like their marriage has that spark. Here's the truth. Happy, satisfied marriages are built on a strong foundation of friendship. Friendship takes time and no one has any time these days, especially if you have kids. Modern living does not support friendship. And because we're torn between so many different priorities, juggling our careers, intensively parenting our kids, it makes sense that for a lot of couples, your instinct is to put your marriage on the back burner, right? You stop spending as much time with your spouse. You certainly are not going on dates. 
if you do have time together, you probably spend most of it talking about the kids and the chores and what needs to be done around the house or planning logistics. And as the years go on, you grow further and further and further apart. And again, even if you're an excellent team, even if the, you know, you run a tight ship at home and things are running like clockwork and you never fight, you still never really talk. And in the best of circumstances, in these cases, when you've grown apart from your spouse, you and your partner are living like roommates, right? In the worst of circumstances, you're fighting like cats and dogs. And this is also what I saw around Mother's Day, right? So for a lot of couples that some of them I know personally, they just don't have time for friendship. They work really hard to be successful in their careers and to take care of their kids, but they're not really connected. And so some of those couples, the ones that live like roommates, sure, mom got, she got a card, right? Or she got some flowers, but whatever her partner did, it missed the mark. So she left Mother's Day feeling lonely, disappointed, unseen. He, you know, husband, dad left Mother's Day also feeling disappointed and lonely because what he tried to do was just not that special. So for couples that live like roommates, there's just some sadness, some loneliness, some disappointment there. And then on the flip side, for couples that I know who've grown apart, who fight like cats and dogs, they were, of course, on Mother's Day, fighting like cats and dogs, right? Because something went sideways. And again, at the core, there's no friendship. And when I say there's no friendship, this is what I mean. As these couples have grown apart, they have lost sight of who their partner is as a person, right? So they probably spend time talking about the kids and the chores and how you run a household, but they have really lost sight of what it means to be friends. They don't talk about their goals or their hopes or their dreams. They don't have this emotionally intimate connection anymore. And so when a holiday like Mother's Day comes around, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to celebrate each other. They don't know what to expect or how to meet their partner's needs, how to make their partner happy. And even when they take a stab in the dark, right? Even when the husband goes out and buys flowers, he still doesn't know quite what to do. And to make things even worse, because this couple has lost track of their friendship, They don't even know how to talk to each other. They don't even need know how to ask, what do you want? What do you need? And so it's two people kind of living in these two siloed lives, parallel lives. And I talk to couples all the time in the therapy room about this feeling. And at the end of the day, they describe it as loneliness. They're in a marriage that sometimes looks really good on paper, but they feel incredibly alone. I don't want you to be lonely in your marriage. And I don't think you have to be. The good news is that you can reconnect with your spouse. So even if you had a horrible mother's day this year, it doesn't have to be that way next year. And I want to give you some tips and tricks that you can use today to start rebuilding your friendship, because I want you to feel confident about your future. I want you to stop drifting apart and start reconnecting. But let's rewind for a second and let's talk about why friendship is so important. I feel like 
on the surface, this is, this is kind of obvious, right? You know, we all have heard this. We all know this. We all know that friendship is the foundation of a strong relationship, but most of us have never really taken the time to step back and ask, well, what does that actually mean? I want you to think back to the beginning of your relationship, right? There's, there's a reason you fell in love. There's a reason that you decided this person, they're the one. Oftentimes that has to do with friendship. And for most of us, we spend the beginning of our relationship that, that limerence phase, that first three to six months, just really being excited about each other. And because we're excited about each other, we get to know each other. You know, think about it. You spend hours on the phone, you know, you lay in bed all morning on Saturday and you just talk, you talk about your dreams. You talk about your goals, the things that matter to you, the things you're afraid of. At the beginning of a relationship, we invest a lot of time in becoming friends, intimate friends, friends that you can have fun with, but also friends that you can turn to in times of need. And really for most of us, that's, that's why we say yes to our partners, because we feel like, okay, this is a really good friend. I know this person. I like this person. And because I know them and like them, I have fallen in love with them. And when things are going well, right, our our partners feel the same way about us. They know us, they like us, they love us. But here's what happens over time. Over time, we kind of take our friendship for granted, right? You know, we we decided, okay, I'm in this, I'm married, I'm happy, we're happy. You know, it's good. (laughs) It's good now. And we take that friendship for granted. And this happens a lot with couples who have kids. I'm going to be honest with you. Kids are wonderful. I love my kids. I would never change anything about having kids. And at the same time, having kids has taken a huge toll on my relationship. It is much harder to spend time with my husband. It is much harder to have intimate conversations, to have fun with my partner after we had kids. It's just the reality. And this is true for so many of the couples that I work with is that they have kids because again, they know each other, they like each other, they love each other. And then their relationship gets put on the back burner, especially if you're juggling your career, you're trying to grow, you're intensively parenting your kids, because like we've talked about in this podcast before, you know, expectations for parents are so different today than they were even 20 years ago. And as you're parenting and building your career, you lose track of your partner. You put your relationship on the back burner. And so even though most of us know that friendship is important, we don't actually prioritize it. And over time, we grow further and further apart. And I see this all the time in the therapy room. I have couples who have been together for 20 years and their kids are about to graduate high school, go off to college. And they kind of look at each other for the first time in 18 years. And they realize, I don't know you. I don't know you anymore. I don't know what you like. I don't know what you want to do. And I have no idea what we're going to do together for the next 20 years. And let's be real. This thought is terrifying. And the last thing I want for you is to get to this point in your marriage where you have no idea what you're going to do with your partner, where instead of looking forward to retirement, you're kind of confused and scared because you've been living parallel lives. 
So let's spend a second talking about what happens when you don't have a strong friendship. When you don't have a strong friendship in your relationship, you start to drift apart. And for a lot of couples, there's this evolution that happens over time. Often there's some conflict at the beginning, right? Let's say when a new baby comes along, you stop spending quality time together. All you're doing is parenting and there's some conflict and some friction for most couples that eventually that conflict and that friction dies down and they learn how to work together as a team, but they're always kind of working in parallel, right? They're living their own lives and they might not be fighting a lot, but they're not talking. And over time, sometimes over years, this just creates this deep loneliness in the relationship. One of the things that we know from research is that the primary cause of infidelity in a relationship is loneliness. It's not because one partner meets this like smoke and hot person and they cannot help themselves. It is because folks are lonely in relationships, even men. This is what the research tells us, right? And I know men, sometimes they get a bad rap, right? But men are really lonely in their relationships too. So over time, when you lose track of your friendship, you just become lonely. And when you get lonely, you see your partner in a totally different light because there's nothing left in your emotional bank account. And and let's talk about that emotional bank account, because I talk about that a lot with the clients that I work with, with the couples that I see in therapy, your emotional bank account is the sum total of all of your emotional marital relational deposits, right? So like all the good things, all the laughing, all the joking, all the loving, all the fun minus the withdrawals, the arguments, uh, the frustrations, the sacrifices that you have to make in a healthy relationship that has a strong friendship at the end of the day, that couple is going to put in more deposits than they are going to put in withdrawals. And because they have a strong friendship, there's just a lot in that bank account when something goes wrong. So the fights that that couple has when they have this strong friendship are going to seem so much less intense, so much less meaningful. They're going to withdraw so much less from the bank account. But on the flip side, when you have couples who aren't making a lot of deposits, they're not spending a lot of time together. They're not investing in their friendship. They're not investing in their relationship their, their bank account total, right. It's, it's going to be pretty low. And so every fight, every conflict, every sacrifice is going to seem huge and it's going to leave that couple in the red. And those are the couples that I see in my office. You know, if you've been following me for any amount of time, you probably know I'm, I'm a therapist. I have been working with couples for over a decade now, kind of helping couples, you know, restore, repair, and reconnect. And I see couples every day in my therapy office who have gotten to the point where they have nothing left in their emotional bank account, in their relational bank account, and they're running on empty. And so when I work with them, we start this process of rebuilding, of making more deposits. And when there's not a lot of fighting in a relationship, because there's not a lot of talking, The first thing we do is we focus on friendship and we focus on how to build a friendship because friendship brings so many positive things into relationship. First and foremost, it fosters intimacy. It creates this environment and this atmosphere where each partner feels seen, 
understood, appreciated, known. Friendship also creates room for mistakes and for errors, right? Again, kind of going back to that idea of that emotional bank account. If you have a strong friendship, you can make a mistake. (laughs) You can forget an anniversary. You can run late, you know, to meeting your spouse for dinner, right? You can make a mistake and your partner's going to have this huge capacity for forgiveness because at the end of the day, you're really good friends. So friendship is important, not only for intimacy, but because it creates this safe environment where we can just be ourselves, where we can mess up and where we can be forgiven. And friendship also makes it easier to make those deposits in your, your love account, that relational bank account, because when you're friends, when you know your partner really, really well, you know what they want, you know what they need. So when mother's day comes along, you know, you're not going to buy them roses when they're allergic to roses. (laughs) You're not going to bring them a latte. If they've cut out dairy from their diet for the last six months, you're going to know them really well. So it's going to be easy to make those choices that are going to make them happy. And that is one of the benefits of having a really strong friendship. Not only does it foster intimacy, it makes it really easy to make your partner happy. Like I mentioned earlier, loss of friendship the type of loss of friendship that leads to loneliness, it's one of the first steps towards divorce. And hopefully for all my listeners out there, you're not close to divorce, but even if you are, even if you're on the brink of separation or you have found yourself contemplating and wondering, Ooh, what would it be like if I wasn't in this marriage? What would it be like if I was in a different relationship? Even if you found yourself contemplating those questions, there are things that you can do today to turn your relationship around. The first thing that you can do to turn your relationship around is to start investing your time and your energy in your friendship with your spouse. Now, I know that's kind of vague, especially if you have been struggling or especially if you've been putting your relationship on the back burner. So I want to talk about the six magical hours that Every couple should invest in their relationship every week. Now, if you are like most of the couples that I know and that I work with, when you hear the concept or when you hear the number six, six hours, you're probably feeling pretty overwhelmed, pretty stressed out. And you might even be asking yourself, how am I ever going to find six hours in my week to spend time with my spouse? And first off, I want to tell you, I get it. I get it. I'm an expert. I believe in this stuff and I still cannot find six hours in my week to invest in my relationship. I mentioned earlier that I love the concept of six hours of the six magical hours, because I think it's incredibly important to invest in your marriage, to invest in it with your time. But again, I get the reality. Most of us do not have six hours every week. And one of the things that I think is so funny about the research and why I think that it doesn't really apply to a lot of modern marriages, especially marriages when you have young kids, is because two of these six hours are supposed to be spent in an uninterrupted date night with your spouse every week. (laughs) That's laughable. I cannot even imagine finding two hours uninterrupted every week to have a date night with my spouse. I would love it if I could, but I've realized that if I focus 
only on finding that date night and making those two hours happen, I'm going to lose a lot of opportunities to connect that might make more sense in the context of my marriage and my life. So if you are struggling to imagine how to fit a two hour date night into your week, let alone six magical hours, I get it. And I actually am going to encourage you to shift focus. And what I want you to take from that concept is just the understanding and the reality that couples who invest in their relationship, who invest their time in their friendship with their partner are happy couples. And even if you cannot find six hours in your week, because goodness knows I can't either, you can still build a thriving friendship. When I'm working with a couple who is struggling with their friendship, the first thing that I encourage them to do is to start focusing on their habits. I generally don't tell couples to do more date nights because quite honestly, I don't think that's effective. So what I talk to couples about instead is to make a habit of investing in their friendship. These are five minute habits that anyone can do. You can start them at any time and they will drastically level up the strength of the friendship in your relationship. So I want to give you four really concrete examples of habits that you can start today that will help strengthen your friendship and help you reconnect with your partner. So the first habit that I want to talk about is a habit or a ritual around partings. Partings are when you and your partner leave each other's company for the day. Now, I know in the era of work from home, most of us are not actually physically leaving our partners, at least not every day, but we are taking leave of them, right? We're logging into work. We're hopping on that phone call or that Zoom meeting. We are disconnecting from our partner. A parting is a great opportunity to build a habit of connection, right? Because it's something that happens pretty much every day. And it's an opportunity for you to acknowledge your partner to let them know that you love them and to let them know that you're looking forward to seeing them again, right? So that kind of creates some connection and even creates a little bit of excitement about when you come back together. So the first habit I want you to think about is your parting habit. How do you and your partner say goodbye for the day and think about different ways that you could reconnect in that moment, whether it's a hug, a kiss, or even just, Hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you later, whatever it is. Think about the way you part. The next habit I want you to consider are your habits around reunions, right? So this is the flip side. You part in the morning and you come back together at night at the end of the workday. Again, in the era of work from home, I get it. You might not actually be leaving the house and coming back together, reuniting at the end of the day. But when you log out of work, when you put work away from the evening, when you're returning to the presence of your spouse, that is a great opportunity to reconnect. It only takes five minutes. It only takes five minutes to come upstairs, to turn the computer off and to tell your partner, Hey honey, I'm so happy to see you. How was your day? Tell me what the best thing you did all day was, right? It's just this wonderful opportunity to show your partner, Hey, I see you. And I'm re-engaged in our relationship and reunions are so important because most couples that have lost track of their friendship, they tend to skip the gentleness. They tend to skip the affection of a reunion and go straight to, Hey, what's for dinner? Or 
Hey, did you remember to take the trash out? And I want to really encourage you to just kind of play back your most recent reunion in your mind and really ask yourself, oh, did I take the opportunity to reconnect in this moment? So reunions are a great way to build a habit of investing your friendship into your marriage. Another great way to build a habit or a ritual of investing in your friendship is to focus on appreciation. And this is something that is so meaningful for couples, especially if you have kids, uh, especially if you go out of your way to support your partner or you really want to be there for them. Having a habit of appreciation, creating a culture of appreciation in your relationship is absolutely critical. And this is something that you could do right now while you're listening to this podcast. You could pick up your phone and you could text your partner some sort of thank you for something that they've done. You know, normally I like to think of appreciations as something really specific and timely. So a good appreciation. Uh, really focuses on something that your partner did recently that you appreciated, that you found value in a generic, Hey, thanks for being you not as impactful, but Hey, even if that's where you're starting, that's okay. Start that habit of appreciation today. Again, this is something that you can do. You don't even have to be with your partner. You can do this on your lunch hour at work. You can create a habit or a ritual of just texting your partner and letting them know something really special that you think about them reminding them and you why you love them, thanking them for all the things that they do for you, that they do for your kids, that they do for your family. Create a habit of appreciation and you will level up your friendship. So the final habit that I want you to start thinking about today is your habit around affection. How do you show affection in your relationship? And affection is not just physical touch, although that's part of it. Affection is also loving and kind words, right? When we are affectionate with our partners, we greet them with a, hey, honey, we use pet names, right? You know, sweetie pie, smoopy, whatever it is, that's affection. For so many couples, the level of affection that they show to each other drops dramatically after they have kids because so much of their affection is going in the direction of their children, they forget to save any of it for their spouse. And so you have couples, and I talk to these couples every day in my office, you know, there are couples who literally can go days without really touching each other or looking at each other or saying something kind to each other. And it's not because they're mean or they're cruel. They've just lost track of their friendship. They have stopped being affectionate. And affection is something that you can incorporate into any ritual that you have around your house, any habit. You know, I particularly love affection around bedtime rituals, you know, bedtime rituals are something that I really encourage all of my clients to adopt. It's just this simple ritual that you do every night before you go to bed. Even if you and your partner do not go to bed at the same time, it is a ritual or a habit around saying good night, saying, I love you, giving your partner a hug, giving your partner a kiss, you know, whatever feels really natural for you in your relationship, but it's just this way of saying, I am here. I'm here. We're in this together. So 
I really want you to think about your habits of affection and look for areas in your relationship where you can up the level of affection. Again, that is something you can do today. When you come home this evening, when you do your reunion ritual and you come back home and you tell your partner, Hey, honey, I love you. I miss you. Give him a hug, (laughs) say something kind. Affection is a wonderful way to make a deposit in that relationship bank account we talked about earlier. And over time, even if affection feels a little out of place, it will become more natural, just like it was at the beginning of your relationship. So again, if you are struggling with your friendship, if you have lost track of your friendship with your partner, I want you to focus on small ways to reconnect. I want you to focus on five minute dates, daily rituals, these small intimate ways of connecting that you've probably lost track of. And here's where so many couples go wrong. So many couples hear that they should be doing date night, right? I mean, we've all heard it. You know, if you want to have a great relationship, you need to do more date nights. So couples naturally, they hear this relationship advice and they focus on doing date night. And kind of like we talked about earlier, you know, the research around date night is that you really need two hours of uninterrupted time to restore intimacy. And again, like we talked about, two hours of interrupted time is incredibly hard to find, especially if you're expected to do it every week. And so many couples go wrong because they focus on date night. And while they're focusing on date night and while they're planning date night and while they're waiting for date night, they're growing apart because date night never comes or it comes once a month. And if it happens to come on a day where you've been really stressed at work or the kids have been throwing a fit, it's not that good of a date, right? So, so many couples go wrong because they look for the perfect way to reconnect. They try to focus on building that beautiful date night, or they get locked into this habit of thinking about what it looked like to connect at the beginning of their relationship. And they try to recreate that. You know, I think about my own relationship where, you know, we used to have this ritual where we would snuggle in bed pretty much all Sunday. We would run to our favorite restaurant an hour before it closed its brunch service at like three o'clock. So we'd spend the whole morning in bed. We would get brunch, we'd eat, we'd come home, we'd hang out. And we really wouldn't do anything all day long except focus on each other. And that was wonderful. But fast forward, ooh, 10, 15, I guess 15 years now, <laughs> fast forward 15 years and recreating what it was like at the beginning of our relationship is not an option. That just doesn't work for our lifestyle. But if my husband and I focused on that and we spent all of our time trying to find the perfect way to reconnect, we wouldn't connect at all. And so again, this is where so many couples go wrong. And this is where I I don't want you to go wrong. I don't want you to focus on date night or creating these perfect moments of time. Instead, I want you to focus on those rituals and those habits of connection, those things that you can do every day to strengthen and enhance your friendship. So again, my top tip for couples who are struggling with their friendship is to focus on rebuilding or strengthening your friendship one block at a time in five minute increments and five minute chunks, because everybody can find five minutes. 
even if it's only five minutes before bed. And I love focusing on five minutes because it takes that concept of the six magic hours and it spreads it out over the week in a way that feels much more manageable for most of the couples that I know. And even if you cannot find a solid hour, again, you can find five minutes. And if you can find five, maybe you can find 10 and you can build them like blocks over time until you have this really firm foundation again. When you focus on investing five minutes a day in your relationship, five minutes a day in these habits of friendship, it's like creating an automatic deposit that goes straight to your relationship bank account, straight to that love account that we talked about earlier. And because you're focusing on five minute increments, five minutes that you build on every day, it's not painful. It's not stressful. It's not overwhelming. And when you can make these investments a habit, like upon your partings, your reunions, your bedtime rituals, it really does feel like that automatic deposit, right? The same one that you probably have set up for your retirement. I want you to think about it the same way. This is an investment in your friendship. It's an investment in your future. And it's an investment in your, your marriage, your long-term satisfaction. So if you have lost track of your friendship, I really want to encourage you to create these automatic deposits, to create these automatic habits that really encourage you that really create this environment for you and your partner to reconnect. So the top takeaway from this episode, invest in your friendship. If you have hung in there and you've listened to this whole episode, you probably understand by now the importance of friendship in a relationship. Friendship is the foundation of a strong marriage, but friendship requires time and time is so precious for all of us. So if you are afraid that you and your partner are drifting apart, you can start reconnecting today. I want you to take five minutes, five minutes today to pick one new habit that you're going to create this week that will reinvest in your friendship. Pick that habit right now. Is it going to be a habit around partings, reunions, affection, gratitude? What is your habit going to be? identify one habit and find one way that you can embrace that habit and you can exercise that habit every day. That is something that you can start this week that will level up your relationship. Once you have decided which habit or which ritual of connection you're going to try this week, I want you to reach out to me, connect with me on Instagram at mary.well and share your new habit. I am happy to keep you accountable. I hope you found this helpful. And if you found this helpful and you are ready to level up your relationship, stay tuned because I'm going to be presenting a summer workshop series to help you stop drifting apart and start reconnecting. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for listening to Married Well, the podcast. Have a comment or a topic you'd like me to cover? I'd love to hear from you over on Instagram at married.well. Show notes and resources can be found at marriedwell.co. Special thanks to Emily Harding for producing this episode. Ready to level up your relationship? Start with my free quiz at marriedwell.co slash quiz and get a tailored to you strategy to overcome your biggest relationship roadblocks. Remember, relationships don't have to be this hard. You can be married well. See you next time.